We are weak, but thou art strong. God, glorify yourself. Hide the preacher behind the cross. Crucify him afresh. Convict, convince if need be convert. Bless us with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give our choir a hand clap. Come on now. Hallelujah. That's the way them choirs sang in the 50s and 60s, boy. They, they blow you out. Then you smell the chicken and you ready to go, Doc. Blow you out. Praise the name of Jesus. My God today. Ah, listen to me. Church will never, ever be the same. Because time is taking down the temperature. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Time is taking down the temperature. And we don't have people who come to church to exalt. We have people who come to church to be entertained. So they don't get into it. Yeah, praise the name of Jesus. We'll be dancing all up and down the miles. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When they can relate to their experiences yes, sir. Yes, sir. about how the Lord brought them through. Yes. Can I get a witness? Yes. The Lord is good. Isn't he good? Yes. And his mercy. Thank you, choir. It's the best y'all ever sang. <laughs> praise the Lord. Best. Great job. I want to thank God for you. And uh, thank God for our church. This morning we're in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Please use a Bible. It's in the back of the pew. Grab one, put it back. Galatians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 verse 21. And 22. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, turn to your neighbor and say, why would you want to do that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Lord, have mercy. Do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. This morning, I want to do some doctrinal teaching defining the deeper meaning. Defining the deeper meaning. Now, let me say this at the outset. Everything in the Bible does not have a deeper meaning. And I need to say that because people tend to spiritualize the scriptures. And they take away from the literal looking for the deeper meaning. Everything doesn't have a deeper meaning. Yeah. But we have to define the deeper meaning. And as a rule of thumb, when anybody comes up with something new from the Bible, let your antennas go up and rebuke it. Because new stuff is from the devil. All right, let, me, let me throw that out there too. The Lord showed me. The Lord told me. That is demonic. God, Hebrews 1.1, at sundry times, 
all various types of times and in diverse manners, all kind of ways, spoke to us through the fathers have in these last days, denoting the cross of Christ on, has spoken to us through his son, the written word. Amen. Now, let me, let me, let me qualify some of this. Praise God. God's truth is transmitted through various vehicles of symbols and parables, poetry and prose, metaphor, similes, and allegories. God's word uses all of these forms of expression to teach us truth as the Spirit of God uses comparisons, contrasts, examples, and exhibits to, amen, turn us on to God's truth. The parable of the prodigal son, the, par- the word parable, parable, and Jesus spoke mostly in parables. He said, it is not for them to know He told his disciples, but it's for you to know. So he spoke in parables. Parables is telling an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Are y'all getting this? The The parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15, is a parable in which there are no names. A man had two sons. And whenever you see a parable with no names... It is a story that's establishing something else. Are y'all, are y'all with me? We're going to school now. And it's a trilogy of meaning in this chapter because there were three lost things in chapter 15. There was a lost sheep, and the shepherd left the 99 and went after the lost sheep, right? So the shepherd left to go find. Then there was a lost coin in which a woman had lost a coin in the house, couldn't find it, so she had to pull up a light, a lantern, and swept the whole house till she found it. Lord have mercy. And then there's the story of the lost son. And the lost son, amen, who was riotous and wanted to get into riotous living, demanded his father that he would give him his inheritance, went off and wasted his life in riotous living. That's what prodigal means. And trouble made him come to his senses. And he came back with a repentant heart. Do I have a witness? But I want you to pay attention in this parable to the L's. The shepherd left to go find The woman needed a light to sweep and find. I'm preaching already. And and, and the prodigal son's father, who represents God, let him go. Sometimes you just got to let folk go. And God will deal with them. Do I have a witness? When you get to the next chapter, chapter 16 of Luke, Jesus tells another parable, don't turn, but this time he uses a name. 
Lazarus and the rich man, a rich man who was nasty, arrogant, amen, and this beggar called Lazarus both died, amen, both went to their respective places in Sheol, one went to Hades in hell, the other went to Abraham's bosom, amen, and there was a gulf between them, you couldn't get from one side to the other, do I have a witness? And, 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 and so by the fact that Jesus used the name, Lazarus authenticates the story as being true. That somewhere in time, two people went to hell, one was in torment, the other was in joy. So, so, so this, these, these are some of the hermeneutical interpretive laws that are used throughout the Bible. But when you get here in Galatians 14, Paul uses what many deem to be an allegory, which continues to contrast law and grace, faith and works, as God uses analogies and illustrations. And what makes an allegory so meaningful, listen, it has a surface meaning, but it has a deep Deep spiritual meaning. There's something in the deepness of the meaning that you got to pull up to understand it. Now, 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 now. One 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 person said that an allegory we can all relate to is the Wizard of Oz. In the Wizard of Oz, listen to this: the lion, who outwardly a lion displays and depicts courage. A lot of courage. But inwardly, this lion was cowardice. Are are y'all getting this? And everything he did on the outside refuted what he was on the inside. Oh, God. There was a deeper meaning here. And we got to look sometimes for the deeper meaning and not just the outward, literal sense of, of everything. So Paul uses three sets of twos, two sons, two symbols, two significant covenants, and Paul begins to teach in this chapter all about legalism. Legalism by these Judaizers who were false teachers, false prophets. They wanted to mix law and grace first through circumcision, but also through rules, regulations, rights, days, and diets. You got to keep this under grace to be declared justified. Paul said it's a lie. No, you don't. That the, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Are, y- are y'all with me? Don't go to sleep. I'm trying, I'm, trying to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to approach this in a way that you would understand. So you have, out of this sense of rules, regulations, and outward righteousness that does not match inward righteousness, you have legalistic people. I don't have any in here, but we got legalistic people. Legalistic people tend to be people who are fault finders. All they do is look 
for fault in other people. You can do 10 things right, they're going to point out the one thing you did wrong. Ritualistic. They're bitter. They, they always sin sniff. They can sniff out your sin, but they can't smell their own mess. You can tell me everything about the pastor, but you ain't saying nothing about yourself. This one's deep. Mm-hmm. They're judgmental. They're critical. They're non-forgiving. They're bitter. They're rule keepers. They're ritualistic. They believe you got to earn justification. Mm-hmm. You got to come to church. You got to. You got to do this. You got to do that. You shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do that. I, 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 I go back, and I don't care what y'all think or what people on TV think. I go back to the time when I first got saved. I came out of the military after seven years, from 68 to 74. Right around 76, I think I received Christ, 76, 77. And I was struggling with trying to live this life. And I'm still struggling. I ain't getting no amens on that. Ain't, ain't nobody say amen. You a liar and the truth ain't in you. And so, one Friday night, my custom was get home, take a shower, put my three-piece vine on, you know, put my cologne on, and go on out to a club, and, you know, do my thing. Now, I just came from Bible study from 6 to 8, and right around 10 o'clock, when we normally start going out, I, I was struggling in my flesh. And I got angry with God and said, I'm gone. I don't care. I, I took a shower, put on my suit. I had my own house, and I was single. And Man, I went out, and I went to this club. Now I'm saved. Now I know some of y'all think this is uh, ridiculous. I went to this club, I sat down at the bar and started lying. Where you been? I've been laying low. <laughs> and, I, and I ordered a drink, had a cigarette in my hand, and I was sitting there with the drink, and I was trying to talk, and my hand started shaking. No, it's a true story. And I, and, and, and I heard the Lord say to me, I understand. He said, go on home put the drink down, went on home. And I got in my car and I bust out crying. And the Lord said, I love you. If that had been church folk, I knew you was a hypocrite. I knew you. I just, I could smell you. Uh, and, 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 and I never forgot that. And then I was playing ball on a Sunday because I played organized baseball. And uh, I left the ball game, and God said, come on, man, we're going around this bar, get some cold beer. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, you know. And, and uh, I went around anyway, and I ordered a beer, and the, and the, and the, woman, behind the, the woman behind the counter said, you don't look like you belong here. And I, and I was convicted in my heart. I was struggling. So after I drank my beer, I left. 
<laughs> you know, I, you know, I wouldn't give that up. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's only as I'm able to be true to myself that I can be true to God. Where, where the inside matches the outside. Do I have a witness? Oh, now, 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 conversely, somebody that's liberated, not legalistic, they're, they're loving, they're kind, they're forgiving, they're gentle. Listen, listen, they spend time with God and, 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 and these people, amen, they, they, they're not rebellious, they're not, they don't repudiate, they, they don't have a bunch of schemes and a bunch of tricks. They, 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 they are just living the life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the reason we can't lie is because God already knows what's up. He can see a black ant on a black hill on a black night. Can he see it? Can he see it? The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. So as we come into contact with Galatians, Paul starts using these allegories, this, this, this allegory, which is so powerful. And Paul really deals with five arguments. I'm only going to deal with three of the five. First, he deals with the meaning of the historical argument. And that, that is, in this form of this allegory, meaning there's something deeper to it, amen, he begins, and going all the way back to chapter 3, he begins to elaborate on the life of Abraham. Now, the book of Genesis has 50 chapters. The first 11 chapters, now listen to this, it's a span in Genesis of 2,350 years. 2,350 years from Genesis 1 to Genesis 50. In Genesis 1 to 11, 2,000 years deals with 11 chapters. And then from chapters 12 to 50, only 350. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Meaning that God put more material to the family than he did creation. Are y'all listening to Pastor? Are y'all listening to Pastor? And, and, and he, he didn't get as much time to the fall. He didn't get as much time to the Tower of Babel. He didn't get as much time to Adam and Eve. But he gave all his time, Lord have mercy, to the family. Beginning with Abraham. Abraham represents the progenitor of promise. God made unconditional, non-binding promises to Abraham. And, 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 and so the Bible says the chronology, always pay attention to the chronology, the chronology of Abraham's conversion is that at age 60, Abraham was a man converted as Acts 7.3 says, don't turn to Acts, that's why you got to compare scripture with scripture, because this is not in Genesis. It says, and the God of glory appeared to Abraham. Now how he appeared, we don't know. In Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is the key. Because that's where God appeared to Abraham first, in Mesopotamia. Amen? And, and, and then Abraham's calling, Genesis 11.31, 12.1, he left the earth of Chaldees, and he went... And got stuck in Haran, Hebrew word for place of delay. 
He was supposed to go to Canaan, but he got stuck in the ram. Don't we get stuck? In our walk, don't we get stuck? He stayed there 15 years, and now he's 75 years old. And then the Lord appeared to him again and told him to go to Canaan. He went up to Canaan, and in Canaan, he went to Shechem, a place of shoulder strength. And then he went to Mora, M-O-R-E-H, a place of instruction. And when you and I are back in fellowship, God gives us strength and instruction. I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. We're getting fellowship. And then, and then, and then, and then the, Bible, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that uh, Abraham was in Canaan. And then we see Abraham's carnality because a famine came. Chapter 12, verse 10, he went down to Egypt, lied about his wife, Sarai, and got a whole lot of livestock that God didn't want him to have because it's going to come back and haunt him, him and Lot. And then Abraham's courage in chapter 14, he fought five kings, Shelemelior, uh, and defeated them as they kidnapped Lot and his family. And his communion in chapter 14, as he was going back home, met Melchizedek, a type of Christ, not Christ, and paid tithes into Melchizedek, gave him a tenth of all that he had, and he was paying into his prosperity of Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Lord have mercy. But here in chapter 15 of Genesis, don't turn, is Abraham's covenant. Now you got to study these covenants because this covenant, God said at 86 years old, Fear not, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Are y'all with me? And God promised him a child in his old age. Are y'all with me? Now listen to this, and I learned this in Bible college, it blew my mind. God made a promise giving indication your seed will be as many as the stars of heaven, and as the sand on the seashore. There is a reason why God chose these two metaphors. The stars of heaven denotes the righteous and redeemed. The sand on the seashore denotes the unsaved. For all the nations of the world will be blessed in Abraham. Are y'all getting this? Oh God. That 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 we see, we see, we see, we see God with this covenant, chapter 15, and what God does, God says, now get a heifer and kill a heifer, uh, cut it up in pieces, put the pieces down in twos, and what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna come down from heaven as a light, as a torch, and I'm gonna walk between the, the pieces of the meats that you put down, but I'm gonna put you to sleep. Because you have nothing to do with this covenant. This covenant is unconditional. It's not predicated on how good you live. It's not predicated on who you are. It's predicated on me. So when Hebrew says, when God could swear by nothing greater, he swore by himself. Y'all ain't getting this. And so it's an unconditional covenant. 
Three covenants in the Bible. Blood covenant, shoe covenant from the book of Ruth. Toss your shoe. Amen. And a salt covenant in Numbers. This was the blood covenant that God established with Abram. Now, this covenant came before circumcision. This covenant was 1,500 years before the law. Ah. And there's a lot of talk in the news about contracts and covenants not being signed. But God signed this one. (laughs) Anyway... When you get to chapter 16, Abraham's compromise was that Sarai, who was barren, could not have children, came up with a plot. We're tired of waiting on God. You're 86. We started out at 60. And God has been saying, you're going to have a child. We don't have a child. So come into my... Egyptian 19-year-old handmaid and, and have sex with her and she will bear a child and that will be our child. Now, two things I threw out this morning. You got to be careful because Proverbs 14.1 says, a foolish woman will tear down her own house. That doesn't mean that the woman is responsible for the whole house, but she can tear it down with her recommendations. When Sister Gordon, who's a systems analyst, was working and I was working, I said, maybe we need to go out and get a maid to help out with the kids and the food. So Sister Gordon said, I'll choose. I said, no, you won't. Somebody around 22, 23 years old. She said, no, 85 with no teeth. I said, she ain't coming up in here, dog. You can forget that. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. I'm glad y'all can laugh. We never get a maid. Praise his name. Mm. And so, so, and so, and so, child of God, she recommends, and, and, and once Hagar, Hagar got pregnant, she started intimidating and making fun of Sarai. See, the very thing you bring in will come back and haunt you. And so Abraham uh, gets to the 17th chapter, and it's his conversion over the test of time. Now he's 99 and return 100. Amen. And God still says, you're going to have a son. And then his compassion is in chapter 18. He's sitting by a tent in the pre-incarnate Christ, and two angels come down to negotiate over Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and then his calling in chapter 22, he told him to take his son, his only son Isaac, take him and kill him. And a ram was caught in the thicket. That, you, you, you know what's so amazing about this chronology Abraham knew God as El Shaddai, the big-breasted one. He knew God as El Elyon, the Most High God. He knew God as M. Kadesh. He knew God 
as, amen, all these other names, but he didn't know God as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide himself. So the, the, the animal that was in the bush caught, Lord have mercy, was for Abraham to take in lieu of his son. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so when we look at the historical account of, amen, uh, 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 of, 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 of Paul's argument, we, we begin to understand that God is using allegories, hanging there with me now, amen, to teach something that is very significant about law versus grace. Now let me stop. Um, pay attention, you're going to learn something. Write some notes down. Leviticus chapter 11 is the dietary chapter for Jews, Jews of the Old Testament. We always go in there and pick and choose what we want to pull out. Well, see, God said don't eat no swine. Well, God also said don't eat shrimp. Don't eat lobster. Can I get a witness? And, and last week I made a comment. I want to clarify the comment. I clarified it Wednesday. I said, I, said, I don't like rap music. That, that, don't, don't take that personal. I'm from the 60s. I love love music. And I got so caught up in the love music, I forgot what my point was. If loving you's wrong, I don't want to do right. Now, you know that's worldly. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> Whoever that is. Look at this. So, so, so the fact of the matter is, here's the point. We ought to be unified in Christ, but not uniform. God says we ought to have one mind about who he is, but God never asked us like the military to dress alike, look alike, talk alike, like certain music alike. It's okay for you to like something I don't like, and for me to like something you don't like, we can still be one in Christ. Do, do, do I have a witness? And, and, and so long as I accept you out of love, it doesn't matter what you like. And it doesn't matter what I like. Do I have a witness? So, so child of God, when you look at the dietary chapter, you know, uh, Sister Gordon eats a lot of salmon. God bless her. I don't fool salmon. Stinks. Uh, the fact of the matter is, I'm a meat and potatoes man. I eat like the Hebrews ate, lamb, steak. Come on now. And, and, what's, and, and see, the problem with y'all, y'all need some llama beans and neck bones. With some cornbread, you need. You need some cow peas, you need. You need some black eyed beans. Can I get a witness? You keep following society and everything on TV. I drink four cups of coffee every morning. I drink none in the afternoon, none in the night. Well, caffeine, caffeine. First, caffeine's not good for you. Now, caffeine is good for Alzheimer's, the heart, the mind, the blood flow. I'm not going to let other folk tell me what to eat. Some of it's true, some of it's not true. You shouldn't put a baby on his back. You know how many times my mother put us on our back or stomach or whatever it was? It doesn't mean they're not right, but don't make it a religion. If I eat fish, it's fried with hot sauce. I ain't eat no poached fish. I ain't eat no raw fish. 
What do they call that? Sushi. The name is evil. <laughs> I ain't fooling with that. But see, here, here's the difference. Now, I, I got to go. I eat for enjoyment. Sister Gordon eats to stay alive. That's boring. After I finish eating, I'm like this. Ah. Is that right, preacher? I eat for enjoyment. But I look like eating a whole meal saying, well, I guess I'll live a day longer. Are you, are you kidding me? In the name. In the name. I can see some of y'all now. Well, she's going to outlive you. I might outlive you. In the name of Jesus. Do, don't, don't you know those beans cleanse you from cancer? How many of y'all eat llama beans? Raise your hand. There you go. Stuff cleanses you. All right, let's get back. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, chicken and dumplings. Stuff is through the roof. Through the roof. All right. So we go out to eat. I'm only looking at one side of the menu, Doc. In the name of Jesus. Now watch this now. Let's get back to the word. The fact of the matter is, is that Paul's argument, the makeup and those mechanical roaches, what they call them? Cray, crayfish. Crawfish. My son came home talking about dad tried. I said, you don't get out of my face with that mess. In the name of Jesus. Leave it alone. All right, here we go. That'll get your diet, that'll get your diet up. Praise the Lord. So here, Paul begins to argue the spiritual allegory. Are you with me? Verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondwoman, Hagar, the other by the free woman, Sarai. Are you with me? Now, now, first, he deals with the word law in verse 21. Ye that desire to be under the law. The law was a mirror to show us how sinful we were. When God showed you them Ten Commandments, you couldn't live them. The flesh wouldn't let you live them. Can I get a witness? Uh, 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 he, he talks about the law. The law was a mirror, but the law was never for us to be married to. Yeah, the law was manifested after grace. Grace came from Abraham 1,500 years before the law. So he, he, he gives us an allegory of the law. Then the two sons, at 86, Abraham had Ishmael, who produce the flesh and bondage, and Sarai, at a, at when Abraham was 100, had Isaac, the son of promise. One's flesh, one's freedom. Here's the allegory. Are you with me? Hanging in with me now. Two sons, two symbols, 
flesh and spirit, amen, two covenants, Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, or Jerusalem. Now, the allegory here is the deeper meaning is that every time you decide to go back and live under law, you are negating what Jesus did on the cross. Every time you bring up the Old Testament as a practicing way of life, you have polluted the scriptures. Because everything was fulfilled in Jesus. Can I get a witness? Oh, this thing is deep. He, he gives this spiritual allegory. Amen. Look at verse 25. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. That's where the law came from. And answereth to Jerusalem, which is now the mountain of freedom. But Jerusalem, verse 26, is above and is what? Free, which is the mother of us all. Are y'all with me? All right. For it is written, rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest. Not. Now let me stop, pause, and park. My first birth was at Pennsylvania Hospital, 1951, January 10th, in the old building. My mother told me the time, I forgot. I came out of my mother's womb. I came into this world. Mm -hmm. That was my first birth. The first birth gave me one nature, my sin nature. So I sinned for years, not knowing God. So when God told Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again, Nicodemus was an old man, old scholar. He said, how can this be? Can I enter the second time of mother's womb? He said, no. You mean you a rule and you don't know these things? That is, you must be born of water and of the spirit. Not the water that's in the bag that a woman breaks. That's not the water he's talking about. He said, you must have a whole new conception point through the Holy Spirit believing that I died for your sins, that I am he that I said I was. You must be born again. So we have a natural date and then we have a born again date. The born again date takes out everything that happened in the natural date. Every sin, every hand writing against us has been erased because of the born again date. Are y'all getting this? And, 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 and so the allegory begins to say in verse 28, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. And he's not just dealing with circumcision, but he's dealing with rules, regulations, diets, days. We don't have to sit here and observe um, Passover. Jesus is our Passover. Pentecost, first fruits. We don't have to observe those days because Jesus fulfilled them all. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament law and prophets. So once we come to Christ, the first 39 books or the first 39 books and the first four books of the Gospels, all that has been erased in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So there's no handwriting against my life. Amen. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Yes. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And the answer is nobody. 
nothing and nobody. You can't go back and get my sins. Can I get a witness? Because all my sins were washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so uh, uh, what happened in the process was the doctrine of imputation. Because when Jesus died, God imputed, accounting 101, whatever happens on one side of the ledger has to affect the other side of the ledger. Can I get a witness? So when Jesus died for my sins, when I believe he is the Christ, come into my life and save me, all of my sins was transferred to the other side of the ledger and put on him. All his righteousness was transferred and put on me. So I'm just as, as righteous as he is. Not because I lived it, but because he made the transfer. Are y'all getting this? Oh. Mm, mm, Paul, 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 Paul here. He's dealt with the historical. He's dealt with the spiritual. And now he's dealing with the practical. Oh, I love this. Please don't miss this. What is the practical? Well, the practical is that Paul begins in verse 30, to say, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Now, he's not telling you to get ticked off at your wife and cast her and your daughter out. Here's what Paul is saying. The practical of this allegory the reason we can't mix law and grace, the reason we can't go back and practice what they practice in the Old Testament is because there are three things that took place that take place practically in our lives. One, there will be conflict within us. Why is there conflict? Well, because we got two natures now. We got the old and we got the new. Are y'all praying with me? Every day, the old nature is making impulses to you and I. Every day. Aren't you tired of this marriage? Aren't you, aren't you tired of this church? Aren't you, don't, you wanna, don't, don't you want something different and new? See, that's, that's the promptings of the old nature. Don't you want to go back? I mean, I mean come, on, come, on, come on now. They said, they said in the Old Testament, you know, Dathan and the boys. We missed the leeks and the onions of Egypt. Can I, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I miss Egypt. I ain't getting no amens. I ain't getting no amens. Turn the wheels up. You know why y'all don't miss it? Because you're still doing it. But look. Sometimes we miss it. Hmm. 
that's what midlife crisis is for men. They want to know if they still got it. Hey, baby, come here. Let me, come here, baby. So the worst case of, uh, the worst case is a 19-year-old in a red Corvette. That's the worst case, midlife crisis. Hey, you 75, you're trying to get somebody 19. And then you got a nerve to give a testimony. She ain't for my money. What else is she for? You going to sleep every five minutes. What else is she for? What, 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 what else is she No, this thing. that's conflict. The, the flesh is saying one thing, but the spirit is saying another. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling you the truth. The flesh is telling you to follow the precepts of the word and the, and, 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 and the flesh, I mean the, the spirit, and the flesh is telling you, ah, no, 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 no. Let's try something new. This thing is tight. We in conflict every day. And people today are discourteous. They're not thankful. They're rude. I was in the store one day, and this guy, I, I, I ain't saying he was in town. He bumped into me hard, and I did like this and looked at him, and he even said, excuse me. So I'm, I had my cart, and the old nature said, and then the new nature said, Pastor, you can't do that. You're on TV now. <laughs> so what? <laughs> but but we, we had this conflict, don't we? So you can be in fellowship. You can speak lofty. You can use scripture. But Satan gets you at the wrong time. Don't come up in here acting new. You can lay somebody out. As you say, lay down your religion. You ain't never had too much anyway. You're laying it down. All right. Hmm. My God. This thing is heavy. So whenever I get bored, I, you know, if I study all day, I'm in the Word, I pray, and then I sit there and I get bored. And I turn looking for sports, nothing's on. I keep flicking, flicking, flicking. I was telling them Wednesday, I said, I got bored, and I kept flicking the station, and Jerry Springer came on. No, I said, no. You know, I met him in Cincinnati because he's from Cincinnati. And I said, let me get a good laugh. And there was a member in St. Matthew's that used to babysit my little Rachel. Sister Gordon worked and I worked. And she was just a toddler. She came home and she'd be sitting there saying, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I, I said, no wonder she's crazy. That's just, you know, you know. Fact, fact of the matter is, that's why we're opening up this new learning center. <laughs> So you don't ask no church folk to uh, babysit your baby. Uh, and so, so, child of God, uh, Lord have mercy. So, and I just find it ridiculous what they be fighting over. It's crazy. So yesterday I did all this study, about six hours. I was tired. I went in. 
looking at March Madness, and I kept flicking channels, and they had Leprechaun in the Hood. And I said, this got to be good. Well, the brother, the brother had the leprechaun getting high with him. <laughs> and, the, and the leprechaun going, what's up, dog? <laughs> Some kind of mess is this? Don't y'all do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I laughed in my flesh. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It was funny to my flesh. The Lord said, I ain't into that. I... Praise the name of Jesus. There's conflict in us in a practical sense because we're saved. You're not under law. That's why you got all this conflict in you. Paul said, I suffered, I experienced stuff being saved. Can I get a witness? Not only was there conflict, there's compromise. Uh, that, that is, he says... Cast out the woman and her son. Let me say this to you. In the Middle East today, we have conflict because the Palestinian and the Jews are half-brothers. Both of them called Abraham their father. They're half-brothers. One by the bondwoman, Hagar. One by the free woman, Sarai. Are y'all getting this? Oh, this thing is deep, deep. But the last thing is to cast out. And if you get this, you have grown in Bible 101. He says, cast out the bondwoman and her son. In other words, all remnants of this woman got to go. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, here's the allegory, but of the free. Meaning, when I start mixing law and grace, when I try to go back and practice what they used to practice, I got three problems. I can't explain this conflict because they didn't have two natures in the Old Testament. I can't explain the compromise that I can't live this thing out because I have no power to live. And then third, casting out means that now that you have been born again, you got to cast out the flesh through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't let them coexist. You can't be half in the world and half out of the world, half in church, half out of the church, half in fellowship, half out of fellowship. I'm preaching to somebody in here. That is child of God. Amen. So Paul says as we close verse, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore. The therefore means since you have been liberated since Christ has set you free. You can stand fast. Lord have mercy. Do I have a witness? That, that is, child of God, uh, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ have made us free. And here's the part that I rally on. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now let me stop. Now that I'm saved, 
It all hasn't been easy. It's been some ebbs and some flows. It's been some ups and some downs. Been here going on 31 years. I love the Lord. I love all of you. I love pastoring. But child of God, I paid a cost for this stuff. Couldn't sleep at night. Can I get a witness? Folk plotting against you, smiling up in your face. Do I have a witness? Uh, uh, folk mean you no good. Can I get a witness? And you can't cuss them out. You know, once in a while you thought about that, but you can't do it. You got to stay in fellowship with God. You got to pray about everything. Do I have a witness? Y'all get this on the way home. There's some things that are in my past, my rearview mirror, I desire never to go back to. They were too costly. Can I get a witness? Every sin I involved myself in, I learned this later, there was an entanglement. There was something that held on to me. Uh, do I have a witness? Nobody can sin against a holy God and get away with it. Can't nobody psych God out. Can't nobody believe that God doesn't see and God doesn't hear and God doesn't know. Uh, can I get a witness? Uh, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that's what he reaps. Can I get a witness? Where the, where the carcass is, the eagle will follow. Can I get a witness? Romans 1 says, for the wrath of God is already in play. Uh, do I have a witness? Child of God, so I don't want to go back to my worldly days. I don't want the entanglements of a whole lot of sex from different women. I don't want to get out there drinking and getting high and partying all the time. Uh, uh, you know why? Because... Watch this now. The clock is ticking. Can I get a witness? And the one thing you and I can't get back is time. You can't get back time. You cannot get back time. God will forgive you. God loves you. But you can't get back to time. Can I get a witness? That's why Paul said the time of my departure has come. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Can I get a witness? I'm running for Jesus now. Can I get a witness? I'm running to see what the end will be. I'm running to be with my mother, my father, my brothers. I'm running a race. I'm running to egg on him. I get in agony sometimes. Don't feel like getting out of bed. Don't feel like living. Don't feel like talking. Don't feel like praying. But it's all right. For God is my shepherd. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my high tower. I'm coming in. Jesus. I'm coming home. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. 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 I'm not running for St. Matthews. I'm running for a higher power. I'm not tithing for St. Matthews. I'm tithing to a higher power. I'm praying not for St. Matthews. I'm praying to a higher power. Can I get a witness? For God 
God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love that you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints. We better wake up and smell a coffee. There's a deeper meaning. Why go back when you can go forward? Why worry about stuff that God took care of already? Why keep beating yourself when God has already blessed you? We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. I dare you to promote the promises and stop trying to practice the past. Promote the promises. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Yeah. Defining the deeper meaning. Defining the deeper meaning. Everything I do for Jesus will last. Defining the deeper meaning. My running has not been in vain. Defining the deeper meaning. I fought a good fight. Defining the deeper meaning. And we know that all things are working together for the good. Defining the deeper meaning. Can I get a witness? You better understand what this allegory is all about. The Lord is good. And he's a stronghold. In the time of trouble. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus. He died for your sins, was buried, rose again. He's the son of God and God the son. If you want to get saved, born again, blood washed, blood bought, name written in the last book of life, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. Is there one? Love to have you. Love that. In this church, you're going to get truth. Is there one? To the left, come on up. Praise Jesus. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. God bless. That's all right, baby. That's all right. Cry on, cry on. It's all right. But brother, love you, man. Stand right over here. That's all right, baby. That's all right. I cried too. Is there another? Is there another? Step out. Is there another? Is there another? Praise his name. Praise his name. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming up. Will you follow the minister here? Thank you so much. Thank you. Church, amen. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. We ask forgiveness of sins. We thank you for this entirely new initiative of communion and the Lord's Supper. When the night you was betrayed, you took bread, broke it, said, take eat this is my body.